Welcome to Deleted Saves. On this episode, Infernex on PC. When a beloved franchise falls by the wayside, often due to neglect from the owner or publisher, every once in a while, someone else will take up the torch and give fans not necessarily what they want, but something close enough. And while I know that there are fans of Castlevania II Simon's Quest, there are not nearly as many as one would think. Yet somehow, we got a Simon's Quest-like, much like a Souls-like. With that being said, let's get into today's topic, 2022's Infernax. Infernax is very much Metroidvania, akin in execution to one of the games that contributed to that particular portmanteau, and looking like a cleaned-up NES game built for and running on modern hardware. And to be honest, the plot of the game is about as short as an NES title, too. Our story starts with a young knight named Duke Elsador, who is fresh off the boat from the Crusades and lands upon the shores of Upel, near his home. However, within seconds of his arrival, he learns things have gone wrong in his absence. Undead enemies that have been crucified for unknown crimes begin to swarm him, and Alcidor must smash them with his mace and shield combo. A screen later, we encounter a man in the throes of madness and extreme pain, begging for death. We are immediately introduced to Infernax's morality system. It is a simple binary, an axis of good or evil, but it will affect the end of the game. You can either try to save the man or slay him a question you'll be asked at critical times throughout the adventure. But the brawl explodes into the man turning into a giant monstrosity composed of rotten meat and too many bones. And this is the other thing about Infernax. This is a splatter game, meaning gore and blood fly with every swing of the mace, and the boss monsters are horrific nightmares of shadow and blood. As Duke Alcidor arrives home, his men let him back into town, warning him to stay inside once night falls as the land of Upel has come under a dire curse since he left to fight in the Crusades. And that curse comes home when the local friar and bishop come running, saying something is trying to bash down the western gates. Alcidor arrives in time for a screen-filling pixel giant to break through, splattering his men across the screen. And he has to beat this new threat into submission. It is a curse, in fact, brought on by the demon Belphegor, father of destruction, who has flooded the land with undeath, foul magic, cultists, and bandits. From here, Alcidor must travel the land gathering skills and supplies, gold to upgrade his weapons and armor, learning magic, and ultimately finding five seals and shattering them by killing the bosses linked to them so that they can enter Urzan Chapel, Citadel, and fight it out with Belphegor. We'll come back to this point shortly. I should say that the final battle will be affected by the choices the player makes, whether good or evil, but things will end badly either way unless the players have exhausted their search in the lands of Appel, looking for a certain item to change their fate and place the balance of power back in their favor. Man, still on the first page of this script and you already know the basics of the plot. This is starting to feel like the early days of the show around here. In fact, let's reminisce a bit, shall we? The third episode of the show I ever published was a short feature on Castlevania II Simon's Quest, a game both famous and infamous. 
famous for being the second Castlevania game, but infamous in its time for a lot more. Its change of format from platformer to, well, okay, still platforming, but instead of moving through the vertical environments of Dracula's castle, you move horizontally through the lands of Transylvania as you gather items that you need. Its frightening cover issue on the Nintendo Power that caused a minor backlash as angry parents upset about their kids' nightmares flooded the Nintendo offices with letters and phone calls, and the difficulty the game presented in its time. Well, supposedly, anyway. As the difficulty seems to be more remembered as the result of a sensationalist comedy bit by the angry video game nerd. But there were some real issues with the game. Primarily, it's piss-poor translation, which caused untold amounts of confusion from Japanese to English, as it was translated more literally than colloquially, and the fact that the game used a password save system where the player had to input a series of pictures of in-game items on a grid-like pattern. So if you didn't draw it down right, as there were no cell phone cameras at the time to quickly take a picture, then you were good and fucked. It was like the change from Legend of Zelda to Zelda II The Adventure of Link. A huge change no one was expecting, and it met with resistance. But the progress of Castlevania II was tied directly to one major plot point. Visit five mansions throughout the land, most of which were hidden with bad clues as to their locations, and also named, but unmarked, as to which one you were currently in and looking for, and recover the five body parts of Dracula to resurrect him and kill him again and stop the curse, killing the main character. This traversing the land back and forth for gear and parts, and with each item or body part you gained, giving you the skills to continue past the obstacles of your path, was the building blocks for many games to come after that would follow this pattern. Again, we all know what Metroidvanias are. We've played them before. Well, Berserk Studio, the developer of Infernax, really, really took Castlevania II to heart. A little while ago, I said we'd have returned to a certain point. That the plot of Infernax revolves around traveling to five keeps and finding one of the seals that lock the cathedral doors and destroying them. Combined with the 8-bit look of the game, and the fact that Alcidor looks an awful fucking lot like Simon Belmont, except with a mace instead of a whip. Infernax is absolutely a Castlevania II fan game with the serial numbers filed off. I wish I could say this was hyperbole. Berserk Studio was not shy about saying Infernax was directly influenced by both games I have recently mentioned, Castlevania II and Zelda II. But also things like accounts of historic battles such as the Battle of Agincourt, which took place in 1415, and the music of heavy metal bands like Merciful Fate for the design of the whole game. With those influences combined, how could the end product not look like a medieval heavy metal brutality fest while hunting for demons but in NES form? Yes, it is more to that. Sure, you'll be walking back and forth across multiple screens, having to remember what secrets were hidden behind things you could not bypass or traverse at the start of the game so you can further progress. But the developers actually filled the small world with stuff to do. There is more going on than messily dismembering corpses and thieves. You will need to pass judgment on a disloyal and dangerous vassal, or solve a case of a priest's demonic possession, or defend a chapel against invaders and then ferret out their plans or fight a werewolf under the moonlight with time-twisting magic. 
But that is hardly all, of course. There are cultists to dispatch, good and evil dialogue choices to make, witches and wizards to speak to, citizens to solve the problems of, and secrets aplenty to unlock. And the developers were not shy about taking the piss out of the game and the game genre itself. There are horror and gaming in-jokes, and just ridiculous things to see and do and say. Very anachronistic. But why not? Infernax already had a great soundtrack. But it is also the kind of game where it would just be as well suited by throwing on a Death Clock album in the background and just enjoying your time. Letting the separate gentle teasing of both music and gaming by genre fans who ascended to level of content creators blend together in a seamless slaughter fest. Infernax, despite its horror illusions with its colorful faux 8-bit violence, is a game about power fantasy. Not so different than many other, just simplified and more absurdist than, say, a modern God of War title. Reviews of Infernax were, again, listed as generally favorable by the critical outlets that reviewed it, so solid 80s on Metacritic and 8 out of 10s elsewhere. It was reviewed as fun, a tribute to the genre in general, and Castlevania II in specific, but they felt the story and cast of characters were as thin, and some of the difficulty was uneven, with traversal of the environment harder than boss fights at times. Personally, aside from one area of annoyance around an area called Kajanto Peak, I did not find this to be true at all. But I suppose one man's difficulty is another man's ease of passage. Who knows? The reality is, I was kind of on the fence about this one. I had seen a few video reviews about it, but it can be difficult to know what to think of indie games on Steam. I do want to support the independent studios. Many have done some amazing work. But even more have released buggy and inept trash on the world without a care beyond making a quick buck. And unfortunately, they have poisoned the well. Look, no amount of praise on the standout indie titles out there will ever truly counterbalance all the acid flips and porn games in the wild. And oftentimes, games like Infernax can be both praised as a return to a nostalgic time in games, with quality of life upgrades, of course, but also holding the hobby back by not trying something new, like that could ever truly happen. And besides... I know there are a bunch of highly praised indie games that I will never touch because there's just something about them that those particular games just do not interest for me. I'm not saying that they're bad. I'm just saying that those in particular are not for me. So Infernax was a roll of the dice. I saw it for a reasonable price on a Steam sale. By which I mean it was under $10 because nobody on Steam actually sells their shit for real anymore during one of those sale periods. Long gone are the days when you could pick up AAA titles for less than 10 bucks within the first five years of their release, like you used to be able to. And half of the indies only go on sale for 3 or $4 less than 1995, with the understanding that half of them are still in perpetual early access that they may never come out of. But I figured I would give this one a shot. Yeah, I know. It's the price of doing business these days, with inflation being high and publishers wanting to wring every last perpetual cent they can out of a property before dumping its beaten corpse next to the railroad tracks like the cast of Stand By Me is looking for it, but it still sucks for everyone. Anyway, I picked it up to play. And holy hot shit, this is not what I was expecting. I'm not even sure what I was expecting. While I do have many good memories of playing NES games, and I obviously have no problem with the retro look, 
I so far have not seen the style so beautifully executed on modern hardware. It looks and plays smoothly, more like how those old games played in my mind, rather than how they played in reality. This is not a long game, mind you. Less than eight hours of dedicated play will find you approaching the end of the game, not counting extras. But to be honest, that sounds just about right for a game like this. Any longer, it might have overstayed its welcome. The developers knew what they wanted and hit you right out of the gate with it with one huge bloodied mace. Infernax is, for lack of a better term, Castlevania II Simon's Quest done right. It, of course, corrects a number of the problems from the game that inspired it, while lovingly, to the point of intellectual property theft, repurposing some of Castlevania II's biggest plot threads for its own use. Fuck, they even included the day-to-night cycle that makes monsters stronger. It has also received a post-launch update that allows for two-player co-op play, where the second player takes on the role of Duke Alcidor Squire Serval, so clearly developers of Berserk Studios wanted players to get the most out of this title that they could, considering what it is based upon. Thank God Konami shit the bed and decided to put all their eggs in the pachinko machine basket, or they might be upset. But that, as whatever it is you feel about it, Infernax is still a fun game. It is a wonderful slice of retro nostalgia wrapped in a familiar but legally distinct blanket. As I've said before, it is also a good example of a void in the market being filled by independent game makers looking to fulfill a wish and make a few bucks while doing so. I believe that they succeeded handily in doing what they set out to do. Pick up Infernax. It is a decision that you won't regret. Unless you don't like slaying demons and smashing evil over the head with an iron rod. In that case, I'm not even sure you know what fun even is. Thank you for listening. Deleted Saves would like to thank Brad, Keith Gasper, Orden Wells, and Mass Lama for being patrons of the show. If you would like to become a patron of the show, please go to patreon.com and check out Deleted Saves podcast. All donations go directly towards maintaining the show itself. Thank you.